You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. Uh, my guest today is Mario Nadarelli, Managing Partner at Emblem, which is spelled M-B-L-M. The website is mblm.com. And Mario is listed as a trusted advisor to executives. <clears throat> he looks to uh, help them leverage their brands. Um, so we're going to get into that. So uh, Mario, thanks for coming. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I hear, you know, I, know I hear tons of people talk about brand and branding, but uh you know, the definition of a brand seems to be a little bit elusive. So what is a, a brand to you? Well, the I guess the reason it's so confusing is it's being used probably in a lot of inappropriate ways and certainly being overused. Brands, I guess the technical definition is the sum total of everything you feel or associate with a product or service. At least that's what the textbook says. What we've learned, I think, over the years is that Think of brands like relationships. You build these bonds with these products and services, and those bonds are um, nurtured over time. They can either grow or they can uh, dilute. Uh, they can even be severed if something uh, goes dramatically awry. So brands um, and the products and services that they represent are kind of valuable assets for companies and uh, and for people. Okay. So again, what uh, what constitutes a brand for a company? You know, for a new one, how does it start a brand and develop it? And for an existing one, does it have to find out what its brand is out in the marketplace, what people think about it, or just has to decide, oh, this is what we want our brand to be, and that's it? <laughs> well, so brand isn't a logo, right? It's, uh, you know, a logo is really just the representation, or a name is just the representation of the brand. Um, I think the simplest way to think about a brand is essence, story, and experience. The foundation of a brand, what it stands for, its uh, positioning is what we call its essence, right? Its core. And um, think of that like the foundation of the brand. It's generally something you don't change over time. It's uh, true uh, for you specifically over your competitors and something that stays firm and consistent. On top of that, we build a story or a narrative. How does the brand communicate? What is the voice, the style, the kind of uh, tone and manner of the brand in its communications? And then ultimately, a brand has a, an experience, right? How does it come to life in touch points, whether it's digital or in the real world? And um, great brands have a strong essence, story, and experience. Really great brands do that really well, and they do it well consistently. And for people who are trying to start a new brand, think of those three things as kind of key stepping stones for how you create a great brand. So what's an example of uh, existing really large brands you know, one that you think does it really well and one that you think misses the mark. The big ones that maybe everyone would know. Yeah, well, everyone, I think, 
you know, this is kind of like a sport for, for many of us, right? Thinking about from the outside, what, what are great brands? We actually build an annual study and measure who is building the most intimate brands, who are the brands that people really want to, you know, be attached to or have strong emotional connection with. And the top performing brand this year in that study is in the U.S. is Disney. And it's a great example of a brand that, um, you know, has a strong definition, stands for something very clear in most people's mind, this idea of family-oriented entertainment. And um, it does a consistently great job of delivering on that, whether it's, you know, in in content or in experiences and theme parks uh, and related kind of services that it offers. Okay. And maybe another large brand that you think, you know, needs some help. They're, uh, they're big, <laughs> they're out there, but, uh, you know, not to, I guess, beat down on them, but which one do you think maybe is not so clear or clear as it could be? or not executed as well. Um, yeah. It's a, what's, which what's brand, needs, brand to hire that needs, that needs to hire you yeah, in your opinion? Well, here's a brand that um, I'm sure they don't think they need to hire us, but here's a brand that I think we could help, and that's Amazon. It's a really great performing brand doing extremely well. Uh, however, I think it's a brand that's growing faster than it can actually manage. Um, it's a brand that also stands for so many things to so many different people in so many different areas of its business. So um, I think we could help a brand like that better articulate its essence help it improve the story that it tells and design an experience that's more consistent and I think best in class. Yeah. What do you do when um, your company starts to do so many different things that it's not possible to you know, maybe have one name for it, like Amazon, like how would, <laughs> you know, a suggestion again, just opinion, but do you think Amazon needs to rename some of its products and not even call them Amazon anymore or something else just so that in people's minds yeah. they can, they can't try to think of everything all in one name. Yeah, I think they're uh, growing even more ahead of their own, you know, wildest dreams and ambitions. So I think in some cases, this is just a, a kind of speed wobble. Uh, you know, in some in some parts of their business, they financial services, they have so many different products and services in, in that particular area that I'm sure mm. they could use some harnessing. I don't necessarily think they need to create a new name for that area or some of their other areas. Um, they've acquired a really strong brand in Whole Foods and they've so far decided to leave it alone. Uh, and they've done that mm. in some other areas like Audible and some other businesses where they've acquired and not um, changed the brand. So they do seem to be running independent brands and sub brands at the same time. I think as time kind of as they mature and as time goes on, they'll probably get a better grip on all of these the sort of moving parts. I think ultimately all companies with big diverse portfolios have a similar challenge. Uh, even Disney, right? It's acquired Marvel and it's acquired Star Wars and it's acquired um, all these other kind of content brands that it's now trying to figure out how to harness. It's trying to compete on the streaming platform, so it's got to create a brand for that uh, called Disney Plus. So, you know, you really, it's really hard to find any great company these days that doesn't have some form of a challenge around its portfolio. So what kind of assistance do you tend to provide? What size companies and what are like some example situations that are common where you come in and you help? Yeah, um, uh, when a brand is facing a moment in time, I, you know, either uh, – it's acquiring another company. It's um, needing to scale its growth aggressively. It's entering a new market, or it's um, adding a new service or offering. Those are those tend to be kind of pain points or moments when they're looking for help. 
And those are what I would call kind of upstream. Those are business strategy, business imperative moments, right? Something's changing in the business and they need to change or affect that in their brand. Another example of when clients come to us is when, which are, which is more downstream, which is, you know, their, their technology or their, um, their touch points are failing them, whether it's their website that needs to be retransformed or their, you know, retail strategy isn't working effectively or the campaign needs to be rethought or reconsidered. They need to drive more traffic or they need to raise sales. And, and those kinds of challenges are different and um, usually require different kinds of skills and services. Do you think you could help, uh, you know, a place like Radio Shack or Toys R Us or Sears? Those seem like, uh, I don't know, I don't know if anyone could have fixed them. <laughs> do you think they were too far gone? or what, Oh, what do you think caused those brands to fall apart? Yeah, I think the pain points and the symptoms for all three of those are different. Let's take Sears first. You know, here's a longstanding retail brand that really missed the signals on how retailing had moved into um, the digital universe, right? So Amazon is a great example of of what Sears could have been more like instead of um, maybe waiting too long or not moving quick enough, you know, saddled with either too much real estate, you know, a, a sort of inarticulated offer inventory that wasn't necessarily appealing, a brand that kind of was feeling sort of dated and stayed and and the combination of all those forces led it to to do, to its demise. It's it's probably a brand you couldn't easily resuscitate. And I think the same is true for Radio Shack. Um to a different degree but similar challenges. Yeah, Radio Shack seems the most lost. You know, it's like they, <laughs> I saw a joke saying the CEO didn't even know what they did at their own company. That's a shame. Anyway. It is a shame when you see these brands die because they, you know, I I remember both fondly and there are moments of those brands that really did add a lot of value to people's lives. And um, it is sad when, when something like that happens to a big, well sort of established company with a long history. Yeah, it's weird. It seems like, you know, many companies will never go away, but yet over time they do. It's weird. You know, you think that some of these mega brands will never die, but I mean, what if one day Google is gone or Facebook is gone or do you think uh, nothing lasts forever? And, you know, it, your brands absolutely. have a life cycle, do you think, naturally, yeah, or, or can that be? I, yeah, I truly believe that. I think, you know, there was a, there's a sort of famous saying with family-run businesses that they struggle in the second and third generations to maintain growth and, and or, you know, sustainability because um, the founders or the original sort of spirit behind the company have died off. And I think corporate giants have similar challenges. Can they weather multiple generations of leadership, right? Who would have thought Facebook would have faced the kind of challenges they're facing now? Um, and are they really going to weather the challenges that they're facing? Are people ever going to trust that brand? And um, where would it be if it didn't own Instagram or WhatsApp or some of those other assets that are doing very well? You know, you couldn't have even comprehended that four or five years ago. And today you're, you're literally asking the question sincerely. It's amazing. Yeah, true, true. And so any fund... Um case studies that you can share of things that you've done and, you know, what the outcomes were, any ones that come to mind? Yeah, I think there's, uh, there's the business is organized in three ways. We, we help clients with services, uh, our traditional agency structure. We also have a part of the business that does research around intimate brands. Um, and then we have a software part of the business that's focused on tools to help clients build greater intimacy with their customers. And, just to choose, given the name of your podcast, just to choose a, an example on the technology side. 
we build proprietary tools for help clients build um, intranets, extranets, or or build more uh, connection and cohesion behind different stakeholders in, in the company. And uh, a good example of that is work we're doing with PayPal. So this is a company that rebranded probably five or six years ago. And at the time, they had about 12,000 employees and a bunch of partners and, and service providers around the world. And we helped build software that connected them in a more unified way. So it included social collaboration, it included asset management, it included help desk and real-time tools to help people find what what was this brand about, how can I put it into action effectively, where are the tools and, and uh, te- templates and things that I need to get my, you know, job done if I'm an employee or if I'm a partner. Uh, and so we're four years in managing that tool for them. And it's probably one of our better examples of, of a, of an, of a piece of technology that's helping build stronger uh, bonds with stakeholders at that brand. So in that example, you had to actually improve, improve the employee experience and change it in order to change the brand. So that was like an inward looking thing versus outward. Exactly. It seems like. Yeah. Great point. And great brands start inside, right? So a great culture, great bonds with employees, I think, is key for any successful business, and especially one that wants to promote a meaningful, compelling brand. No one's going to believe it if the employees don't first. Uh, and, you know, as everyone says, they're your biggest evangelists, so the most important evangelists. So you've really got to get that right first. Okay. So um, any common do's and don'ts? For uh, you know, for companies and individuals listening, even if they're pretty small or just starting out, or they're you know they're on their way, but they're uh, maybe they're struggling. Yeah, I think I think one of the challenges that I would suggest is that this isn't a once and done thing. That um, both the challenge of branding and technology are kind of two two sides of the same coin. They take constant investment in nurturing, and they can be as much a an enabler of success as also a barrier. So I think it's to keep that in mind um, would be my suggestion. Okay. And what's the best way for, um, well, actually first, who, who would be an ideal client for you? Company size, situation, et cetera. What are any parameters yeah. there? I, not really. I mean, we've done everything from branding people to uh, companies of every size scale. Um, so generally any company with, you know, maybe more than $50 million in, in revenue is um, an ideal starting point for us. But we've certainly worked on things that are smaller and startups. Okay. And what's the best way for people to get in touch with questions and you know to get help? Yeah, emblem.com. MBLM.com is our website. And you can reach me at mnatarelli at emblem.com. Uh, our, the brand intimacy study is free for people to explore. So if you're interested in seeing which brands do really well at building intimacy, that information is free on our website, as well as other resources that you can take advantage of. Also, essentially, you have some examples, or I don't know if they're case studies, but examples of brands that you think are really excelling. Yeah, we have both. We have case studies of our work, as well as um, independent research that we've conducted on brands that are doing this very well in, in three different geographies. Okay. Well, that's great. That's a good resource. So, Well, Mario, thank yeah. you for coming. I, I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you. You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now. 
and the companies that are using these technologies for the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.